So take just a second as we're starting out here today, and I want you to think about one thing. I want you to think back to a typical day for you. In fact, think back to your last normal day. Most of us have normal, typical days that we have in our lives. Think back to your last normal day. How did it start? What happened when your day got started? What are the things that you did? Where were the places that you went? Who were the people that you interacted with? And then how did that normal, typical day sort of wind up? How did it, it end? Now, while you're thinking about that and you're getting that all in your head, I'm going to make a, a guess. And here's my guess. My guess is that your last normal, typical day was pretty much the same as the normal, typical day before that one, which was probably about the same as the normal, typical day before that like, for instance, if you wake up every day with an alarm clock and, or your phone wakes you up, you probably woke up that way the day before that and the day before that. If you don't use an alarm, you probably woke up without an alarm on those days. Your, your, your routine is maybe something like this. You, you, you got up out of bed, you, you went to the bathroom, you, you probably did it the same way you did the day before. You got ready pretty much the same way you did the day before. You, you, you grabbed your phone, you checked social media, or maybe you checked your email a little bit. Maybe you went to a gym or you just stayed at home and you worked out for, for a little amount of time. You made a pot of coffee or you got yourself some food. You took a shower. If you work at a job, you probably drove to that job or, or you used some sort of mode of transportation and you probably used the same one you did before that and you came home the same way and if you drove to your job, the sad thing is, is you probably don't remember your ride to and from work because it's so automatic now, you just do it without thinking. That's a scary thought. But then once you did get home from your job, if you have kids, especially little kids, you threw them in the bathtub and they escaped and you put them back in and you got them all ready for bed and then maybe you had a nighttime sort of routine where you wound down and you watched some TV or binge a little Netflix, maybe read a book or something. And if you're married, you leaned over to your spouse, you made your move and got rejected. That's just for the husbands. And then you fell asleep and you woke up the next day and you pretty much did all of that all over again. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's not your typical day. Maybe it was a little bit close. Maybe you could identify with some of that, but it's not the point. Here's my point. Most of what you and I normally do in a typical day, it's not the result of our conscious choices, but it's our daily habits. Because most of what you and I do every day, it's just automatic, it's routine, not much thought goes into it. You don't really put a whole lot of thought into your daily activities. You, you just do today what you probably did yesterday, and you did yesterday probably what you did the day before that. And that is why, if you want to change wh where you're going in your life, or if you want to change who you're becoming in your life, you got to change your habits. you got to change that automatic rhythm of your life. So if you're just joining us, we started a series last week called Best Year Ever because the truth is, that's what everybody wants. All of us want to have the best year possible. I mean, we want this year at least to be better than the last year, even if last year was good. You, want, you don't want things to go backward. You want to get better. And what we learned last week was that most of us, we all have the same goals. I mean, most of us pretty much have the same kind of things that we want to change in our lives, like Pretty much everybody I know wants to be healthier. Everybody I know wants to have better relationships. If you're a follower of Jesus, you want to have a closer relationship with God. Uh, you know, we, we, we pretty much want the same things. I don't know anybody who wants to drown in debt. We want financial security or financial flexibility. 
We all have pretty much the same goals, but in the end, we all wind up with these dramatically different results. Now, why is that? Well, last week, Ed introduced us to a, a book that we sort of based a lot of this information off of called Atomic Habits by a guy named James Clear. In fact, if you're interested in that book, want to check it out. It's on the sermon notes today. You can find a link to it there and check it out if you want to. But in his book, he makes the point that our goals are not what really determine our success. It's our systems that determine our success. Here's a quote that we looked at last week. He says, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. So today I want to talk to you about systems, habits, automatic things that we wind up having in our lives. And I want to do it a little bit from a spiritual perspective because, you know, after all, we are a church. Now I want to say if, if you're someone who's maybe not a church person or you're not sure how spiritual you are or you're still trying to figure that whole thing out, this is all helpful information for you as well, but we just come at it from that perspective. But I want to show you a, an example of a guy who uh, his story is found in the Bible, and it's a powerful example of the power of a system in your life. Or you could say he had this one habit, and this habit in his life helped shape him into the person that he became, the person that God wanted him to become. In fact, we looked at his life real briefly last week. I want to go into a little bit more detail. Now, if you grew up in Sunday school like I did or children's ministry, you, you probably remember the story of a guy named Daniel. Daniel is famous because, you know, he got thrown into a den of lions and God protected him and they didn't eat him up. And it's a powerful story. It's, it's, a, made, it's a big story. We often learn this as kids, but the part that most of us don't hear is the part before that. See, Daniel had risen to the top of the ranks of about 120 really qualified men in his nation, and he was becoming a pretty big deal. In fact, here's what history records about Daniel. It says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now, that's impressive. So you've got to ask yourself, what made Daniel stand out among all these people? Now, I don't know, maybe he was a hard worker, maybe he had really good leadership skills, maybe he had good interpersonal skills. We really don't know. We don't know exactly what caused him to rise to that level, but there was something in the life of Daniel that caused him to sort of stand out among all of these top people. Now, before I answer that question, before we look at this, of what made Daniel stand out, let me tell you about the story of what happened up to this point. Daniel, again, he became popular with the king. And he was about to be promoted, and we just read about that. But now there were some people that when this happened, they didn't really like him. And you can imagine when somebody gets successful, especially Daniel's sort of in a foreign country, and he's, he's kind of a, uh, an outcast in, in this culture, and he's rising up the ranks, and, and there's some people that are sort of there in the establishment, and they're not really crazy about that. And that happens a lot when people get successful. There are some people that are sort of against you. So he's got some enemies. Now, these enemies of Daniel, they, they decide, well, we're going to look for a weakness, or some kind of flaw or defect in his character because we want to trip him up so he's not so successful. But they had a problem finding it. Here's the next verse. It says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they can't find any flaw or any weakness in this guy. And so they get together and they talk about it. And they say, the only way we're ever going to trip this guy up is it's going to have to be something to do with his God. Because Daniel is really religious. He's into the whole God thing. 
And the only chance we're ever going to catch him doing something wrong, it's going to have to revolve around that somehow. So they go to the king, who's about to promote Daniel, and they manipulate the king. They sort of trick the king into making a new law. And the law said this, if anyone in the whole kingdom prayed or bowed down to any other god other than the king, the sentence would be the lion's den. It was going to be a death sentence. And it was just a 30-day proclamation. It was just one of those things to sort of pump the king up and to make him feel a little more powerful, and he sort of went for it. And so this law gets passed. And here's where we start to see what made Daniel so exceptional. And I believe it was partly because of this system that Daniel had in his life, this one small habit that over time had sort of shaped his identity. And it really gave him the confidence to be who God created him to be. I'll show you the system. Verse 10. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, so he's not ignorant of all this that's going on. He's, he's fully aware. He's heard that this law is signed, and it's, it's in there. So he knows. After he hears about the law, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Now notice I highlighted two phrases in, those, in that verse as usual, and just as he has always done. And that tells us that this wasn't something that Daniel just decided to do when the law got passed. This was something he had been doing all along. Praying three times a day was a habit in Daniel's life. It was a system that he lived by. In fact, it probably got to the point that Daniel almost didn't even have to think about it. It was just so much a part of his schedule that it just happened automatically. It was his normal day. It was his routine. That one small routine, though, over time, it had added up, and it was making a big impact, a big effect on his life. Now, here's the point for you and for me. We should never underestimate how God can do big things in our lives through one small habit. Through those little things that you and I do without thinking about them, those habits, those daily rituals and routines, those little things are having huge impacts on our lives over time. In fact, I don't know what your habits are, but I know what mine are. And I know of a few of them that I placed into my life a long time ago that have had huge effects in my life today. I'll give you a few examples. My wife and I were married 23 years ago. And uh, when we first got married, we were, we were young. We were 22, and, you know, we just, we just knew it all, right? And, and we, we get married, and the truth is, we didn't even have a thought or a plan of how we were going to handle our money. Because, again, we was 22. We was living on love, you know, and everything was going to be fine. And so I remember within just a couple of weeks of getting married, we are sitting in a service right here at CCC, and we're listening to a talk. And in that talk, we were introduced to a plan, a plan for your money, of how to spend and save your money. And it was called the 10-10-80 plan. It was a simple little plan. I mean, it, 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 it was so easy to remember. It basically said this. Every time you get some money, every time you get paid, you just take the first 10%. Just sort of pre-decide where all that money's going to go. And you take the first 10%, and we just said, you know what? We're, you're going you're gonna to give this away. We're going to do good with it in the world. We're just going to release it and, and help those who are less fortunate than us. That's the first 10%. Then the second 10%, that's going to be for me. That's gonna, we're going to set that aside, and that's going to be saved for the future, saved for retirement. And then the rest, the 80%, well, that's what we live on. You just decide, I'm never going to live more on more than 80% of what I make. Now, on that day, we, we went home after hearing that, that plan, and I basically said to my wife, I said, well, 
a plan's better than no plan, and that's a plan, so let's do that plan. And so we did, 23 years ago. And every day since then, we've just done that plan as a habit. It's, it's to the point now where we don't even think about it. It's not something we are conscious of. It's just a habit, a daily rhythm in our lives. But as a result, I can tell you, we have always had financial margin. Our future is secure. And we've had everything we needed and most of what we wanted. And it has had nothing to do with the amount of money that we've made. It was all about this little habit that we established so early on in our lives. I'll give you another example. A few years ago, my wife and I just sort of came to the realization that we were living under a lot of stress. You know, we were parenting kids, and we had jobs, and we had responsibilities and places and things, and we were just under a lot of stress. And it was starting to have an effect on our health, on our mood, and just on our relationship in general. And we, we were trying to figure out how do, we, how do we do better at handling the stress that we feel in our lives. And I don't remember who it was that gave us this idea, but we just decided to make a new habit in our family. So one day we just said, you know what, every morning before we leave the house, before the kids go off to school and before we go off to work, we're going to just stop for a moment and we're going to do a new habit. We're going we're gonna to get together, we're going to hold hands, and we're going to say a short prayer. 30-second prayer. It's not even a big deal. It's just a short prayer inviting God into our day to get our hearts focused on who's with us, that God is with us all day long, and that he wants to be with us and do things through us and just sort of lean into that. Now, that prayer that we started did not change the circumstances of our lives, but it sure changed us. It changed how we approached that stress that we were feeling. It changed how we approached our day, and it made a difference in our family, and it made a difference in our marriage. I'll give you another example. Several years ago, after my kids were born, uh, I started looking at myself in pictures and in the mirror, and I started seeing a little bit more of me than I had been comfortable seeing before. You know what I'm saying? I was a little, there was a little bit more of me, and uh, I didn't like that. And so I started asking myself, well, what can I do to change some of the habits that are leading me down that path? And, and I didn't want anything big. I didn't want to do anything drastic, but I just wanted a simple habit. And so one day I just... I don't remember where I came up with the idea. I just said, you know what? I looked at what I ate and what I drank every day, and I realized I drink a lot of calories. I drink a lot of drinks with sugar in them and calories, and, and I thought to myself, well, I could cut there. Because at the time, I drank Mountain Dew like it was coffee. That was like my drink, man. Mountain Dew, I buy it by the cases, you know? I loved it. But I thought to myself, that's one area of your life. You can cut calories right there. Just don't drink calories. And so I just made a little decision that day. I'm going to not drink calories anymore. I'm going to cut the sugar out of my drinks, and I'm not going to do that anymore. Now, do I indulge in some of that every now and then? Of course. I live in the South. I need a sweet tea every now and then. But for the most part, I just made that change, and I don't drink calories anymore. And I was shocked at how much of a difference that it made in my weight and in my health over time just these small little things that weren't a big deal they seem kind of insignificant when you think about them but they have this huge impact over time there's a guy named charles duhigg and he wrote a book called the power of habits and he talks about these things that he calls keystone habits and the idea is this there are these certain habits in life that when you put them into your life they will actually lead to other habits. They'll propel you to other helpful, God-honoring kind of disciplines. For example, like I just said to you, Daniel stopped and prayed three times a day. That habit was very small, but that habit, I guarantee you, led him to other 
habits or other elements in his life that benefited him. I, I'll give you a few from, from this guy's book, uh, The Power of Habits. He talks about other keystone habits, and these are all based on scientific research. One of them is food journaling, believe it or not. What they found was writing down everything you eat has a huge impact on your health. In 2009, a study was done. This is from the National Institutes of Health. And they said, if you keep a food journal, the people who keep a food journal lose twice as much weight as people who don't. And you say, well, why is writing it down such a big deal? Because when people start writing down what they're eating, they start realizing what they're eating. They make, a, they make it conscious, where before, see, it's unconscious. And when you make it conscious, you think about what you're eating a lot more, so you wind up making better choices. See how it has this ripple effect through your whole eating habits and, all, and through your life? Here's another keystone habit, and this won't surprise you. But it's exercise, but not exercise on a large scale. You have to go to the gym and work out for two hours a day. Not just that, but just any kind of physical moving around, exercise, of physical activity of any kind. It triggers better eating habits, but studies also show that people who exercise have increased patience, less stress, more confidence, they sleep better, and they're more productive at work. Here's another keystone habit that's for us parents, and this one might surprise you. It's eating meals around a table with your family. Now, who would have thought that that little habit would lead to so many other great things? But what they found in the research was true. Here's a quote from the book. He says, families who habitually eat dinner together seem to raise children with better homework skills, higher grades, greater emotional control, and more confidence. Just sitting around a table having dinner with your family on a regular basis. And think about all that time that we as parents wind up spending in money and time and energy and all these extracurricular things and sports and clubs and things that we get our kids involved in and we fill the schedule up with because we want them to be well-rounded and more successful. And maybe we've been missing it the whole time. Maybe we should have just been sitting down at the table with them. Maybe that would have had a greater effect. I'll give you another habit, a keystone habit, that this one might surprise you too. Making your bed in the morning is a keystone habit. Making your bed is correlated with increased productivity, a greater sense of well-being, and better budgeting skills. Here's another quote from his book. He says, bed makers are also more likely to like their jobs, own a home, exercise regularly, and feel well-rested. Now, are these keystone habits like magic? And you just start doing them, and then all of a sudden, all these things will begin to happen in your life. No, that is not the point. The point is this. If you and I can become a person who does those kinds of things, who puts those kinds of habits into our lives, then you start to become more likely to be a person who leans into the other positive habits of life. And over years, over time, they start to build up and they make a huge difference. Now, if you were here last week, you heard Ed say that there's one question that we need to start with when it comes to having the best year ever and building these better habits. And, and a lot of times we start with the question of what do I need to do? And that's not the question to start with. The question you start with is who do I want to become? See, who does God want me to be? Uh, who, who, what's the type of person that I want to be in the future? And that was the first question. But today, I want to add another question to the list. And here's the second question that's just as important, but it comes after the first one. Based on who you want to become, and you may say, you know, I want to become a godly parent, a loving spouse, a good friend, a person who's healthy, clean as hell, whatever it is, whoever it is that you want to become, 
What is one habit that you would need to start? In other words, look at that person that you would like to become or that God wants you to become, however you would say that. And what are the things that that type of person winds up doing in life based on who God wants you to be? What's a discipline? What's a habit? What do people like that tend to do in their lives? And what's a habit that you think, if I started doing that every single day, it might move me in the direction to become that type of person? And let me just say this real quick. It's better if it's not big, right? This needs to be something small, something really simple. For example, maybe you'd say to yourself, you know, I want to be a person who starts the day off right, who just, who just wakes up with more energy. Maybe what you need to start doing, a habit you need to fill, fill into your life is, don't hit the snooze button. You just become a person that, I don't ever hit the snooze button. That's just me. Now, some of you think, well, that's not small and that's not simple. Well, maybe it's not for you. For others, maybe it is a simple change you can make. Maybe you say, I want to be a person who thinks the thoughts of God. I want my mind to be filled with God's thoughts. Well, then maybe before you check social media, you need to put God's thoughts in your brain first. Maybe you need to read God's word for just a moment. If you want to spiritually lead your kids or your family, maybe you should start having prayer with your children before you tuck them in bed at night. That's a habit. You might say, I want to be a person who cares about people more. And, and for you, maybe the habit for you is you need to write one note a week or maybe one note a day if you want to, get, you know, you want to be an overachiever and express gratitude to someone. Express your appreciation for someone in your life. Maybe you say, I want to be more organized. Well, Start with that keystone habit I mentioned earlier. Make your bed every day. Just start with that. See how it goes. You want to be a person that say, you say, I want to be more focused. I get so distracted in my day. Take a note card and put it in your pocket every single day and write on that note card three priorities for the day, three things that I'm going to stay focused on and I'm going to get accomplished today. And keep that card with you and remind yourself of it all day and keep yourself motivated. You say, I want to be a person who's healthier. Well, start walking just for 20 minutes, a couple times a week, three times a week. Just, just get out and move. Based on who you want to become, think of one habit, one system you can place into your life that will lead you to that person, to become that kind of person. Now, you might say to me, well, uh, systems, I'm not really a systems kind of person, you know. I just kind of go with the flow and just, you know, however that goes, it just goes, right? That's actually not true. You are a systems person. We all are. I'm a systems person, you're a systems person. They say, well, how, do I, how, do, how can you say that? I'm, I'm not organized at all. It doesn't matter. You have a system. We all have systems. Most of the systems we have, we don't even think about, but they're still systems, right? I mean, I don't know. Your system may be, I hit the snooze button four times, I get up late, I kick the cat, I yell at the kids, and I drive like a bat out of hell to work. And the whole time I'm putting on makeup and I got hair going everywhere and I'm fixing that on the road and then I get to work and... I'm grumpy at the people at work, and then I come home, and then I'm grumpy with my kids, and then I go to bed, and then I feel guilty about all that. You know what? That's a system. It's not a good system, but it's a system. So my only question to you is, well, you already have a system. How about trying a new one? One that's not so automatic, maybe, for now. Maybe it will be one day. <laughs> because you'll never get a different result unless you have different systems or different habits. See, here's something that's true for every single one of us. We all live inside what you might want to call a habit loop. Now, what's a habit loop? A habit loop's real simple. A habit loop works like this. 
You start off and you have a trigger in your life. And what I mean by trigger is you have a thought or you have an emotion or you see something that brings a thought that gives you an emotion or you experience something that brings a thought that brings an emotion. For instance, a trigger could be you walk by the refrigerator, you get bored, you get angry, you get hungry, you get lonely, it's the end of the day, it's the beginning of the day, whatever it is. And whatever that trigger is that you experience in your day, that trigger leads you to take an action or to respond to it in some way. Usually it's a response to the emotion that it gives you or the thought that it brings to your mind. So you experience the trigger, you do the action. You go and eat the piece of cake or you pray with your kids or you sleep in late or you yell at somebody or you eat that second hamburger. Whatever it is, there's that action that came as a result of that trigger. After you take the action, you're getting a reward because you wouldn't do the action if you didn't get a reward for it. You get a a little dopamine, you get a little pleasure out of it, or you get the sugar rush, or you get that extra minute, this couple minutes of sleep because, you know, the, the snooze button, or whatever it is, you get that reward. And then it starts all over again. You experience the trigger, and then you just go right through the loop again. See, this is how habits get formed in our lives. We have a trigger, we see it, we think it, we feel it. It leads to an emotion. We take an action, and we get a similar reward each and every time. And then the process starts over again. That's a habit loop. Now, how do you start a new habit? You start a new loop. That's how you do it. You have to create a new habit loop in your life. You have to create new triggers that lead to new actions that lead you to better rewards. So here's what you want to do. Number one, you want that trigger and you want that action to be two things. First one is make it obvious. You want it to be obvious. So if you want to change what you do, you have to change what you see, right? So let's say you're a person who says, hey, I want to be, I want to take vitamins every day or whatever, you know, and you just always forget. Well, how about this? Take the, take the bottle of vitamins and put it on your sink where you brush your teeth every single day. In fact, put it in the sink where you can't brush your teeth without seeing the, the pill bottle. And that'll remind you, oh, there's my vitamins. I need to take those today. And so you have to move them. It makes it obvious. It makes it where you can't not do that do that thing. You may be a person who says, I want to read more. I hear that from a lot of people. I want to I read books more. I, I miss reading or whatever. I just don't take the time to do it. Here's something you could do. Every morning while you're making your bed, take your, take your book, set it on your pillow. Just leave it there all day long. So when you get in bed the next, that night, you're going to see there's a book in my pillow and I have to move the book. Now, you may take the book and throw it across the room and climb into bed. I can't control that. That's only up to you. But at least you saw it. And at least you had to move it in order to get to where you're going next. See, if you want to write notes to people and encourage people, put a pen and paper right on in the middle of your desk when you get to work or wherever it is you hang out every day. And you're going to see it every single day. And that reminds you, oh, yeah, I'm going to write that note. And I'm going to send a note of encouragement. I'm going to thank somebody today so that I can become a more kind person. But just make it obvious where you can't miss it. And then number two, make it easy. See, and this is where all of us wind up shooting ourselves in the foot. We make our new habits too hard. For example, I hear people say this all the time, at the beginning of the year especially, I'm going to read the Bible more. In fact, I'm going to read the whole Bible in one year. And then they don't make it to February. <laughs> Barely get through Genesis, right? Because we try to do too much too soon. How about this? If you want to read the Bible this year, how about start with one verse a day? Just say, you know what, this year I'm going to read one verse every single day. You say, well, that's not much. It's something. 
And you're gonna, and the reason I think that's important is because if you start small, it might just grow. You might get the appetite to read two verses a day, and that might lead you eventually to read a chapter a day. I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't grow, but you know what? You're doing more now than you were before. You might say, I want to be in better shape. I want to be healthier. How about this? Don't start by trying to do a two-hour workout at the gym every single day. How about just get up tomorrow and do 50 push-ups right there in your bedroom? You say, well, I can't do 50 push-ups. Do 10 push-ups. Can't do 10. Do five. In fact, it, just lay down on the floor and get up once every day. How about that? <laughs> I mean, do something. Start small and then just see what happens. Because, see, when you do, when you just start small and you get good at it and it's easy for you to do, you'll build a system into your life. And hopefully, that system can grow from there. You give yourself a trigger that's obvious, that tells you to do it every single day. And here's the best way to do this. Is put a trigger in your life that, lead, that the trigger will automatically lead you to do that action that you want to take or that new habit. I will do this thing after I do this other thing. In fact, here's how you might want to do it. You take out a piece of paper and write this down or just type it into your phone on a note or something. Just finish this sentence. Here it is. I will blank after I blank. And so you just, you just put the habit that you want to start in the first blank and you put a trigger. Most, most helpful is a habit that you already do in the second blank, something you're doing every single day. And you just put that in the second blank. There's your new system. And you just keep building that, all th building more of these in, into your life all throughout your life as you go through with this. Just small things that will add up over time, will shape you into the person you want to become. For example, you could put this as your sentence. You could say, after I pour my coffee, I will read my Bible. I've watched my wife do this similar system for years now. Every morning she gets up and pours a cup of coffee and she goes and sits in the same chair at, at, our, at our table and she drinks her coffee every single morning. And I noticed year, several years ago, she, starts, she started placing her Bible right there in front of her chair so that every time she sits down to drink her coffee, her Bible is there. In fact, it's open to the place that she wants to begin reading that day. And so it's right in front of her. And so while she drinks her coffee, she's reading her Bible. It's her trigger. She can't miss it. For uh, the rest of our family, after we all get ready and the kids are ready for school, we just have it. That's a trigger for us. And everybody's about to walk out the door. That's our trigger. We all come into the kitchen. We join hands and we pray. That's what we do after that. And then after we pray, that's another trigger. That's a trigger for me to hold my wife and grab her and embrace her before she heads out the door that day. Usually I hold on to her until she makes me let her go. That's just our thing. But after that, we have other triggers at least. In fact, I started a new trigger just this year. I make a cup of tea every single day and I drink my tea. And so as my tea is brewing, I go to sit in the same chair with my Bible, and I open it up, and I read my chapter for that day. I have a discipleship group that I'm a part of, and we check in with each other, and we encourage each other every day. After I'm finished reading that chapter, I pull out my phone, and I send an email to my guys, and I check in with them. It's just my trigger to do those things in a row, these simple habits, these simple systems that we just start living by. Now, are they miraculous? Are they earth-shattering kinds of habits every single time? Absolutely not. But over time, they shape us. They make a difference. And trust me, I don't want you to think I am like an expert on this. I am not anywhere near where I should be on this. Guys, I have habits that I need to kick that I can't. I have things that I need to start, really good habits that I have not yet gotten into my life. But 
Just start small. Start one at a time. Don't do more than one. Just start with one. And then don't move on until you get that one put into your life. And then get that one fully established and then try other ones. But here's the truth. Successful people will do consistently what other people only do occasionally. It's the consistency that matters. People who are successful have consistent systems and habits that they just do over and over and over again. It's why they wind up being successful uh, financially or spiritually or physically. It doesn't matter. Every single time, there's a plan behind it. They're just these habits that are just mundane sometimes. They just do them over and over and over. And over time, they matter. Because remember, we all have similar goals. We do. We want the same things. But we're all getting incredibly different results. It's because it's the problem is not our goals. The problem is our systems. We have habit problems. So here's our challenge for this week. And it's just that question that we just asked earlier in this talk. Based on who you want to become, based on who God wants you to be, pick a habit that you're just going to start in your life. Make sure it's easy. Make sure it's something you can do, something that you will do. And when you've decided on that habit, find yourself a trigger. Something that's obvious, something that you can't miss, something that's easy to, to remind you. And then just fill out that sentence. After I, this thing, then I will do this thing. And you do that for 30 days. Just stay at it for 30 days. And guess what? You might just have yourself a brand new habit. Now some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, my problem is I don't need to start a new habit. I need to stop the bad ones, you know, because I got some really bad habits that are ingrained in my life and my day, and, and I can't get rid of those things. How do I get rid of the bad habits? Well, if that's what you're asking, I'm so glad you asked that question because that's what we're going to tackle next week. So make sure you're here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for the wisdom that we gained through, through hearing uh, these truths today. It's, it's, it's been a great reminder for me just preparing to talk about this. It's changed some of the habits in my life. I just pray that you would continue to guide us. That we would use this wisdom. We would start simple. We would start with something obvious and easy. And we would build from there. And you would just show us over time the difference these habits can make in our lives. God, thank you for the example that you gave us through Daniel. Help us to follow that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you guys. See you next week.